I'm Peter Alakawi and welcome to Life School, the podcast. Each episode, I'll be chatting openly and honestly with a different guest about a whole host of purposeful topics. From personal success and failure stories, to relationship advice, tips and tricks for entrepreneurs, to professional and practical guidance on living a more fulfilled and happy life. I'll be speaking to men and women from all walks of life, all with unique experiences they want to share in the hope of inspiring you. I hope throughout this series you can take away some valuable nuggets of wisdom to help you navigate through life's many twists, turns and lessons. Here at Life School we are all about the business of learning. So let's get on with the show. And remember, everything you go through grows you. My guest today is North Point Academy co-founder and coach Sarah Anthony. Sarah is a transformational executive and leadership coach and has been working in the UAE as a professional coach since 2006, having moved to the region in 1999. Sarah has coached leaders across all levels, developing individuals and teams to realize their full potential and exceed their goals. As co-founder of North Point Academy, she facilitates accredited coaching programs, as well as being involved in the mentoring and supervision of qualified coaches aimed at raising standards within the coaching industry. Sarah is now based in the UK, but regularly visits the UAE to coach and lead NPA's courses in the region. I have experienced the North Point Academy coaching program and Sarah's incredible coaching firsthand. So I was honored to sit down with Sarah and delve deeper into her personal journey to coaching and much more. So without further ado, here's my conversation with the amazing Sarah Anthony. Enjoy. Sarah, welcome to Life School. Thank you very much. Excited to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much for giving me your time today because I know you're here on a bit of a flying visit. <laughs> Always flying in and out, yeah. Flying in, flying out. So yeah. thank you so much. Um, I want to start by asking you to tell us a little bit about your journey to actually becoming a coach. And please feel free to take us right back. <laughs> okay, I've been given permission. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> and and um, yeah, so I think that everyone who goes on a journey, well, everyone who goes on a journey, it starts sooner than you think it, it does, but um, particularly a coaching journey. And I'm reminded, what, what's the quote? Um, Steve Jobs, he had a quote that you can't connect the dots as you're looking forwards. You can only connect mm. them as you look back. That is so true, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and that you have to trust that the dots are going to connect in the future. And um, so as I think back, it's like, when did actually my coaching journey start? Um, and I, so I am going to take you back to when I was living in the UK, which was pre-1999. Um, and so quite a few years ago and I was working in a um, sales position in a local newspaper and I didn't enjoy what I was doing at all it wasn't me it didn't fit with me and I just couldn't explain what it was that I wanted instead of that I, I just knew I didn't want this and I you know my dad used to say well what is it that you want to do and I went I don't know and I've never known and I felt real stress around it and I think a lot of people can relate to that because there's nothing worse you know you don't want that but you also don't know what the alternative is yeah. and that can be really frustrating it so is it so is and then I changed completely one day um, and there were a few things that triggered that 
and one of them was that we um, had a um, we there was a gentleman in in the company who left to become a pilot for an airline um, BA in fact and I thought oh that sounds exciting and then he rang in to speak to someone and he said can you put me through to your friend because I think she'd make it they're looking for cabin crew and I think she'd be great at it and something in me triggered why wouldn't why doesn't he think I'd be great at it and then there was a job advert in our newspaper on job day and I used to scour through the job day things looking for the job that would satisfy me and I suddenly decided to go for it and so I went for this interview I'd never dreamed of being an air stewardess in my youth um, but suddenly it became this dream that I wanted to do and I saw a life of travel and adventure and all these things and I came alive and so fast forward, I got the job, um, even though there were some hurdles to overcome to get the job. And Was there a lot of training? There was a lot of training. It was a different role than I'd ever done. And actually, being completely open, when I went for the job, I, they have a very weight, height, ratio, strict policy, and I didn't fit into that. And there was something about me, they had never done it before, but the lady said, there was something about you, we wanted you, and we decided to take you anyway. Wow. I know. <laughs> Imagine if they hadn't. Yeah. The whole kind of trajectory of your life could have been completely different. Yeah, I know, I know. And so, you know, things happen for a reason. And then two years down the line, I lo was loving what I was doing. I was still flying. And I thought, but I'd like to see the world. So I applied for BA. And once again, something got in the way of that. Um, and then I applied for Emirates. And um, both of them actually gave me the job. But with BA, they had some rules around eyesight. And I had bad eyesight. And once again, I had to go through an operation. And I got the Emirates job. And I went, wow, I get to live in a foreign country and do the job I love. And yeah, yeah. it's ticking a lot of boxes. Yeah. So. Bringing it back to your question about how I came to coaching, because it doesn't seem to fit yet. I came to Dubai in 1999 to work for Emirates. And I, but I was never satisfied to just stay um, at the back of the aircraft in economy. I, wanted, I had this pro career progression in mind. I wanted to move forwards. And as I moved forwards and up, I had training courses in leadership. And part of those training courses were coaching, and mentoring. So I learnt some lower level skills in how to coach. And as soon as I came across it, I was like, I love this. And so Emirates had bought this in for their staff? Yeah, well, they were training it internally. Uh, internal yeah. training. Yeah, so uh, they do a lot of their internal training. And, but I was amazed that they were, now when I look back, I'm amazed that you know, they were training that at that time because it was very early days of coaching in Dubai. And I just thought, I want to learn more. And so I bought books on coaching and I started looking around for what can I learn? What more can I learn about this? But at that time, there were no courses in Dubai for coaching. So it was really early days of coaching in Dubai. And I looked around and I couldn't find anything. So I started on this search again of what am I going to do and how am I going to learn this information? 
and um, one day in another stroke of luck <laughs> um, I went to a wellness conference and there was a store there and there was a lady there at this store her name was Jo, I'm still amazing friends with her and she had brought a course, a UK course to Dubai and I think I almost knocked her over. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do your coaching course and I pretty much signed the check. I said, I will find a way to attend regardless of what days I have. Um, I'm just going to attend and um, I did. Um, and that was the story of how I came to learn about coaching. And was this course something that she had created or it was an existing course that she just bought over? Yeah, yeah. So it was a course that she'd taken on her coaching journey and she'd said to the people um, who, ran the who ran the company, I want to run this course in Dubai and they allowed her to bring it out here. So she led the company wow. here in Dubai. Yeah. And so you did the course? I did the course. And then Joe said to me, would you like to work with me? And I had always seen this as just developing my career and perhaps going into training within Emirates and, and so on. Um, and I hadn't thought of becoming a professional coach even. Once again, I hadn't connected the dots yet. Um, and she said, I need, to, I need someone to work with me here to develop business, to train coaches. To... And so I jumped and I started working with her. So she was my trainer, she was my mentor, and then later on um, we, we've become friends. And since I've moved back to the UK, she has also, we've worked together on a couple of projects, which has been lovely. It's been so nice to spend a bit more time with her again. That is so amazing that you're still so <laughs> yeah. close. So. And so you started working together and was there a crossover where you were still working at Emirates and doing this on the side or did you immediately go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in? Yeah, I'm shaking my head here because no, I just went, I'm leaving. I'm, yeah. I'm done. I, I found what I want to do. And did yeah. you face any, were people around you sort of going, Sarah, are you sure about this? You know, Emirates incredible company mm -hmm. you know you have a career path there are you sure yeah. you're doing the right thing I think a lot of my friends who were in Dubai were quite supportive because they saw that I was maybe ready for another step um, maybe a little bit scared for the financial side and I kind of just let that go um, but my my dad and my family back home my I say my dad because it was my dad in particular because he's a businessman and he was a bit um, concerned because he couldn't um, personally see the value in coaching and and so we you know we we had that and and to this day he's kindly um, he, he agrees with it he sees the value now which is great and he still kind of has concerns sometimes around you know um, the way coaching works and, and is it right for, you know and so it's a generational thing a difference yeah. yeah I definitely think there's a there's a generational element and so how long did it take you to get accredited um, yeah. can you talk us through that process yeah, a little bit yeah. so so actually uh, my course was a year long um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. A year. Yeah. So you've done a four month I've course. I've only done four months. Yeah. So um, 
we had to do some written assignments as part of this course and, so, and, a, and a final essay and I think it was a final essay that took me some time. Um, so uh, the course material in, in some ways covered some of the same things that you learnt on your course. So um, starting off with kind of the listening and the questioning and, and learning about kind of different a different coaching model that was there. Um, we used the GROW technique at that time and then kind of talking about values and beliefs but um, most of it was actually done in one or two weekend, like one weekend and then there was a kind of follow-up a bit later um, and then there were some recordings to listen to on all of those topics again to deepen your knowledge. Um, but the bulk of the work was in coaching practice and having a mentor listen in to you. So my mentor was Jo and so um, I got great feedback from her and I, so I had to go through my coaching practice and then I had to um, read and answer some questions on each module. Um, and so the written part of the work was the main obstacle for me because I found it hard to sit down and study in that way. Um, and the final essay was the biggie. And so here's the thing, I would, a, few, a couple of years before I did that, I climbed Kilimanjaro. I didn't know you climbed Kilimanjaro, uh, yeah. wow. Well, That's amazing, Sarah. And the funny thing was I didn't get quite to the top, but I was close. And I suffered really badly, particularly on the final day with altitude mm. sickness such that they had to take me off on a stretcher. <laughs> yeah. Um, all these things you didn't know about me. Um, and so I... That must have been quite scary, actually. In the moment, it was, yeah. And, and particularly also for my friend who was with me, who, uh, you know, Nat had to walk off an entire mountain in a day with me on a stretcher worrying if I was going to be okay. Um, but, you know, I was soon back to jumping around and, and so on. And even though I was very, very close to getting to the top, I saw it as a bit of a failure that I hadn't reached the top. You know, I hadn't got to put the flag on, on that kind of top point. And I'd made sure that Nat felt able to go ahead and, and do it for herself, which she did. And I'm so glad that she got to it. She didn't get held back because of me. Um, and as we came, you know, as we came off the mountain, I got quite sick as a result of that. So when I went back to do my coaching course, Nat and I were planning another trip to um, um, base camp of um, Mount Everest. And so I had this idea in my head, I know what my essay is going to be. I'm going to get coaching from my coaching partner around how I'm going to achieve this mountain and better, I'm going to do much better. And I had a big plan in my head. And so it's going to be how as I, you know, coaching helped me to climb my mountain. You know, I couldn't do it before, but I did coaching and it helped me. And climb that could my stand for so many things yeah. as well. It's quite poetic. Yeah, so you can see it in my head. I was going, oh yeah, I can see my essay. So I climbed the mountain. I got altitude sickness again and I didn't get to where I wanted to get again. And I came back and I went, what am I going to write for my essay now? I didn't make it. And then I started to think about all the lessons I'd learned from actually not climbing my mountain and how I'd been different. I'd been 
able, I'd, I'd kind of wanted to push ahead on Kilimanjaro and I hadn't stopped myself. I'd thought about the others around me and I'd just been like, I need to push on, I need to get it. I have to get my goal or else I'm a failure. And I kind of just made the decision, actually, I want to enjoy the journey. And so let's not worry about the destination. And so my essay became about that and it just naturally flowed out of me. And as I wrote my essay, I think the title of the essay, I can't quite remember, but it's something like how not climbing a mountain um, helped me to become a better coach. It's a working title, but <laughs> you get the idea. Yeah, completely. Yeah. And so that, I got a distinction for that essay um, in wow. my coaching um, you know, qualification. And, yeah. yeah, you're making me think actually because so often we are just, we're encouraged to have goals and work towards things and sometimes we can just forget that all you really have is now. Mm -hmm. So yeah. enjoy it, enjoy the process of it yeah. and don't stress yourself. We, and, and I always find like, you're like, well, I'll feel better once I've, once I've got that and then you get there and it's yeah. something else and you're just constantly trying to kind of get to the next destination yes, yes. and you can sometimes and then you look back and you think oh, I wish I'd enjoyed that time a bit more because actually that yeah. was a really lovely time in my life but yeah. I spent a lot of time worrying about xyz yeah oh. and it's so true that you you do need to just yeah enjoy the journey whatever that might be for you yeah exactly and and it can cause you to put your ladder on the wrong wall as well yeah, you know, I love that direction. expression. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. There's actually an amazing podcast I listen to called How to Fail um, by Elizabeth Day. She's um, yeah. an English journalist and author, and she has various different guests on. They're all quite famous, and they give her three failures wow. that they've pre-prepared, yeah. yeah. and they talk through these three failures, and it's all about how actually failing is... We, ha we all have to fail. You yeah. literally cannot learn if you don't fail and also when you then look back you realize yeah. that well thank god that didn't work out because then the dots would have connected in a very different way yes so yes. yeah i love that and i hope you have that somewhere That's, your um oh that essay is your essay i, I, I hope still you have it yeah. yes yeah I'll, I'll i'll send it to you, you oh, I would, it. oh my yeah. god i would be honored to read it for Anyone that's listening that may not be aware, can you explain the difference between coaching, mentoring, and therapy? Because yeah. I think they're the sort of main ones that people get quite muddled up with and yeah. confused about. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, coaching is often mistaken with many other things. Um, and I think some of it comes a little bit, I'm gonna lay it at the feet of sports coaching. Um, because a sports coach actually wouldn't be a coach in the terms that we're, we're using it. Um, so a sports coach would actually be someone who gives advice and mentors you, in my opinion. So what is the difference? Well, the biggest difference between someone who's a mentor and someone who's in therapy is that they will bring their own advice. Um, so they will be an expert in an area. Um, and I always say that the best mentors coach first. So that, what that means is that we believe in our client and that they have the answers within. And we hold back on giving our own opinions, our own content, our own agenda um, into, into the session that we're working with someone. 
And so that gives the power back to that person. It gives the responsibility and accountability back. So we are not seeing ourselves as the expert in their life or in their problem or in their solution. We're helping them to move forward with the answers that they have within. And one of the things that we say on our course is that um, people are objects of greatness. And I truly live by that. So if you imagine coaching to be a, a door and you open the door and it's an invitation to walk through, but I can't force that person through the door. Um, you know, so I can hold the door open, but they have to choose to go there. And so change happens when someone's willing to walk through the door, when someone's willing to see what's beyond that door and to experience it for themselves. Um, now, if I give advice, that advice might not be right for them. It might be the wrong door, it might be the wrong path, it might not be the right time. And how often have we all given advice to people and it hasn't been taken? And how often have we received advice and said, maybe it could be a good idea, but it's not right. Or it me. hasn't even been asked for. Yes, yes, it's unsolicited, right? Yeah. yeah. Definitely, that happens a lot. Oh, let me give you some advice on this. And actually, I don't want advice in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah. since I've actually done the course, that's been one of the biggest things I'm now really conscious yeah. about for myself, but also I notice that people just love to give advice. Oh. Uh, yeah when you yeah. haven't even asked for it yeah and it uh, and I'm really awake to that now and it and it actually annoys me sometimes because yeah. you can just be you know having a chit chat and then someone just starts giving you all this unsolicited advice and you're just like whoa yes I, and I don't want this <laughs> <laughs> and do you find yourself becoming defensive then to receiving yes it? Yeah. to the point where um, recently with someone I, I just had to stop them I said I'm so sorry but I actually I, I don't want your advice yeah Thank you, but mm -hmm. I really, yeah. I, I don't want to go there. I don't want your advice yeah. um, because I also know that sometimes, not always, because I think generally people have the best intentions. Yes. They just want to help, but sometimes they're bringing their bad experience in and I don't, yeah. I don't want that just because you had a bad experience yeah. with it, like going to the dentist. Yes. I don't want to know about that. Yes. That's going to scare me. <laughs> let me figure, let me yeah. have my own experience. Yes, exactly. And so, as you say, people care and that's why they're giving advice. But often that may not be the right advice. That could actually limit you. So uh, someone else's lim you know, limitations might actually cause your own limitations. Yeah. Um, so that I mean, and we see that so much in business. I know the best way for this person to um, do this problem. Um, can, you know, so I need to help them to find the right way so they don't make a mistake and so they don't fail. And we've been talking about failure already. Mm. Um, and so, but how does how does someone learn if they don't get an opportunity to make a mistake and to learn? Um, and they don't. They don't get to grow. They don't get to develop. They don't get to do it their way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so often people are just working to avoid yeah. failure. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, have you ever had a case where someone's come to you for coaching and you've realized during your sessions that maybe they need something else? Yeah. And how do you go about that? Yeah. Well, there's two cases where that could happen. One is... 
um, that perhaps they do need mentoring, perhaps they're at a place where they need to be trained or mentored before they have some coaching. The other one, and you mentioned it earlier, was about therapy and counselling. Um, and so the difference there is usually, um, and we have our, a model where in, in our coaching called The Journey where we look at kind of where they are now and maybe bring in the past, but coaching is never about dwelling on the past. It's always about looking at the past and learning the lessons, but then taking them forwards and finding solutions to move forwards. So if someone's unable to move into solution-focused mode, if they're stuck there, then that would be the time when I'd, some alarm bells might ring. Um, if they're in, speaking in a very drama problem kind of cycle, but they're unable to get out of that, even though I'm encouraging them to think at a higher level and outside of the problem, then perhaps it's not the right thing for them to have coaching. Maybe they need to speak to someone who has a bit of expertise in go delving into the past and helping them to fix the past mm. um, and work on the, the problems. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that, that's kind of the two places where it really, um, you know, there's, there's the giving advice kind of side of things and then there's the being held back by the past. Yeah, so if they keep sort of after a few sessions, it just keeps going back yeah. to that that past and, and being mm -hmm. stuck that might be a sign yeah. of maybe there's something you need to heal there and, yeah. and work on yeah. before and you can look yeah. forward and, and both have their place yeah. I'm, I'm i'm definitely someone who believes in you know i've worked with clients who've said to me i'm working with a therapist on this and i'm coming to you oh, for coaching at the around same this. time yeah, yeah. okay and, interesting and that and that's fine you know they 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 know an area that they're kind of having difficulty and struggling with, but they come to me for coaching around a different area, yeah. and they're completely transparent about that. Then we can move forwards in this area, knowing that that's being dealt with. Mm. That's really interesting. So, because I guess actually you could be like, look, I want to be coached around my career, but I'm having therapy for something to do with yeah. relationships yeah. or something that happened yeah. in my childhood or something exactly. like that. And yeah. do you ever come across people that? Because I believe, now I've done the course, that yeah. everybody should do a coaching course, whether you want to be a coach or not. Yeah. I think it is, I feel so strongly to the point where I'm like, I just don't think you can move forward unless you go through some kind of transformation, transformation spiritual awakening, whatever you want to call it. Metamorphosis. Yeah, yeah. like you, you, you have to do that because yeah. else you're only going to get so far. But yeah. do you think that some people just will never get to that point well believing that everybody is an object of greatness because they truly are then yes everyone has the potential and the they ability. have the potential but do you ever think that some people just won't because you have to make the decision yeah. to go i'm going to do this yeah. course that's it have you yeah. come across people in your life that just they're just not buying it they're the, just like, sorry, yeah, I'm, yeah. you and crack on, oh, good yeah. for you, but I'm not interested. Yeah, and, and, and there has to, it has to be a choice point. It has to be, I want to take this journey. And, and by the way, so some people um, kind of take a part of the journey, and that's enough for them. Um, we have a phrase in the business, which is meeting people where they are. And so when, you know, when someone is wanting to learn a little bit about coaching or wanting to move forward a little bit, then, then maybe that's enough for them. 
um, but some people want this massive transformation. And so on our, on our course, it's not actually just about coaching. Mm. Um, we see people go through massive personal transformation and some people are like, I never want to be a coach, but I'm so pleased I went through this yeah. journey with you because I became self-aware. I learned so much about myself. I've, I've learned what I want and how That's to, like me. Yeah. That, that's yeah. more like me. I yeah. was someone who... I definitely am interested in coaching, becoming a coach, and I still am. Yeah. But the course made me realize I have a lot more work to do on myself. Yeah. It's not as clear cut for me as yeah. now I can go out and be a coach and that's yes. that. Yes. Whereas for some yes. people it is. They go on the course because they know they want to be a coach. That's what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. um, and I just think that, it, and, I, and I, I have this kind of, not theory, but I think that some people just don't want to go there. Yeah, because if you suddenly do become awake to certain things, that means sometimes you have to make some changes. Oh yes, and some people are prepared to do that. Yeah, so we they want to stay in journey. their little yeah. comfort zone and um, bubble, and sometimes mm -hmm. it's too painful. Yep. You have to deal with things that you just don't want to deal with. Yeah, so you sometimes you have to go through some pain, some suffering, some you know, an internal. Um, conflict yeah. in order to get through to the other side and and by the way no matter where you are in life you still have to go through that so you know am, am I sorted now that I am uh, like not just a coach but been training coaching and um, see people go through their journey of course not I have my own areas I, on we ran a course just this week and that's why I'm here in Dubai and in that course, I had a bit of an argument with my husband, um, who's kind of in the UK, and we had a little bit of an argument on the phone. And I turned up on the second day in a bit of a funk about mm, that. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then I had to work my way through that um, and say, okay, I have quite a few tools and I have quite a few people in the room who can help me with this, so why don't I use those? And I came to the, uh, you know, thing in my mind that, Actually, I'm like, I have some things right in this, but also so does my husband, and I'm being a bit mean. Oh, but it's yeah. hard though when you're alive. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you're just like, I'm definitely right in this situation. <laughs> and, and aren't we always? Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. So. It can be very hard to take a step back. Yeah. Just go, oh, okay. Yes. Let me see the other person's side. Brilliant. But I remember you saying something to me on the on the second face-to-face -face weekend that actually if you are going through something or you've come and you're not feeling so great yeah. this is actually the best place to be yes because you're with people that you can work work through it with and we're going yeah. to talk about tools and exercises that can actually help yes um so did you find that oh. actually you got through it that day and it helped and yeah and there you go so you have trainee coaches but i was able to i actually got involved in one of the coaching sessions and had someone coach me on it and da -da, <laughs> yeah. I found solutions. So even when you're training, you still have tools to help someone who's been training coaching for years. And um, that's the power of coaching. So I believe every coach should have coaching yes. and have a coach. Yeah, and do you have someone in the UK as well that you still receive coaching from? Oh, I have various people for different oh, okay. reasons, but yes. Um, so I'm currently working with one of our coaches from Dubai, um, who is trained by us, who is coaching me through um, some business things. And um, 
I've mentioned Jo earlier. Um, she's more of an informal coach to me now, but um, we kind of speak to one another regularly and we always use the coaching approach in our conversations mm. with one another. And, and she's someone who I can present things to. And then of course there's um, the other co-founder, Matt. Who, yes. Um, he and I, we probably bore, we, we get to bore each other with coaching in, in situations where other people go, oh, but it probably just, just <laughs> it's just the way you converse. Yeah. It's probably just, yeah. that's how you speak to each other. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up Matt, because that leads me on to my next question. Okay. So Sarah, you're the co-founder of North Point Academy, uh, which is an incredible coaching business. Um, you hold courses. I have just come off one of your courses, yes. graduated, I should Congratulations, say. Congratulations, Thank yes. you. Um, and you mentioned Matt, he's the other co-founder, so it's you yes. and Matt that run the business. Yes, um, can you talk us through some of the obstacles you faced as a business owner today and how have you overcome them? Um, so many. But let me pinpoint, <laughs> Where to start? Yeah. <laughs> but let me pinpoint a few of the key ones. Um, well, one of the things is because it has been Matt and myself, is that we and and you've probably heard this before in your other podcasts is that you tend to take on everything well, definitely in the beginning yes for sure yeah and and so that's been kind of the letting go of that has been one of our biggest challenges and and also the areas where perhaps we haven't had as much expertise so both of us were didn't come from corporate backgrounds um, Matt came from an adventure background and I came from a, um, a background of um, cabin crew, as you know. And so neither of us had that corporate background experience. So we've learned business as we go along. Um, and we had to learn every part of the business. Um, so, uh, I mean, the, uh, you're doing our social media now and doing it Very lucky to have that gig. Oh. Very lucky. <laughs> And I wouldn't ha I'm so happy with it now and I, I wish we'd met you earlier because I can see the difference now between what, what you're doing and what and we were trying to run it, but we didn't have the time. So we put an occasional post here and you know, some were good, some not so good, some were really bad, um, but none of it was consistent. Um, and I think consistency has been a problem for us in almost every area because We've been two people trying to run this thing that is actually bigger than us. And, you know, AQ, um, who works with us, kind of says that all the time. This is bigger than the two of you, and it's bigger than us, and it's bigger than all of us. Um, and it is. We see ourselves as building a community. And beyond that, a global reach. Um, as you know, I'm building courses now in the UK, so um, that's, you know, we're going beyond the UAE now. and. So as we start to do that, the letting go process of some of the things has been quite difficult. So finance was never our, our strong point and one of us had to choose to focus on it, but we had to kind of give away some of those roles. Um, social media, so glad we gave that to someone who's knowledgeable and does it really well. And I look at our social media now and I go, oh, breathe. <laughs> um, but the biggest thing was this weekend, for the first time ever, Matt and I stepped back from all of the delivery. Not, not every single part of it, so we still delivered something on it. But we had two facilitators in the room with us who were training up to become Matt and Sarah in the room. Mm. And 
um, and we saw them flourish. And they, didn't, they weren't Matt and Sarah in the room, actually, and that's the, the good thing, because actually they need to be themselves in the room and bring their own flavour to it. And were these two um, North Point alumni? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we're seeing people come through. And for me to be able to let go and start delivering courses in the UK, I need to know that the UAE has people who are able to deliver here. Yeah. So as we're growing, giving away, and, and it was very hard for both Matt and I to sit at the back of the room, and we, we always had one of us at the front of the room with the other person, but the other one who was at the back had this urge to butt in, and we were, and we were very politely told to stop talking. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. And to, ex and to um, you know, excuse ourselves from, you know, to not involve ourselves. And we, not that we weren't needed, but um, everything that needed to be learned was learned in that room. Mm. Everything that was important. And I realised the power of our material and the people that we've brought through the process is working. Yeah. Yeah. And so I can let go. And I could see a future where... North Point's in multiple places with multiple different people delivering all mm. at the same time um, the, because it is bigger than this. It's not just, you know, I'm, I'm really proud that we've brought a methodology and we've built a system that really helps people to create better impact in the world and allows people to kind of open up and transform through the process. Um, but to have other people be able to walk into that space. But it's a real challenge to, to let your baby go. Yeah, it's your baby, but this yeah. weekend must have been quite pivotal then. That yeah. must have been really reassuring that, yeah. okay, we can, because you can't be everywhere. Can't. You can't split yourself into a million, no. million pieces and be a million places. So that must have been really, yeah, yeah really comforting to know that, okay, all the content, the process, everything works. Yeah. And it actually, as long as the person delivering it is obviously professional, it doesn't, it's okay if it's not us. Yeah, exactly. And, and as long as they get the heart of what we're doing. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm now looking to how, how can we do more of that, help our people to reach that level. Mm. And so that, if I can, so growth is a challenge. Yeah. It, it's, it really is because it, especially when it's been you all along and suddenly it's more than you and it's trusting that person with what you've created. And yet, if you want more people to experience this, if you want it to become a wider message, if you want to build a community mm. of people who are receiving this message, then you have to let go. Yeah. And so that for me has been one of the biggest challenges. And for the longest time, we were holding it um, in our hands, kind of tightly going, we want to let go, but I don't, tr I don't trust it. I don't trust myself to let it go. I don't trust that it's enough. And when I accepted that actually what we are teaching is enough, and um, people are objects of greatness, and so mm -hmm. they, they, as long as they have, have the same values and, and kind of hold our material you know, in the way it's meant to be, then, uh, and they're aligned with us, then actually I can let go. Then, then the beauty of that started to happen. And yeah. uh, it all started this week. Well, it's been a longer process than that, that's the thing. But 
this yeah. weekend was the final. Wow, I can see it now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people just because it is their baby and you might work for years on your own, not having resources and budget and, and, and not being able to get that support that when it does come to it um, yeah I can imagine it's really hard yeah and you just you this this precious thing that you spent so much time Mm -hmm. and energy on you don't you don't want anyone sort of interfering and wrecking it um so I'm so glad that that's happened this weekend and I do agree with AQ I think your course is bigger (laughs) (laughs) than you and Matt and I think I can see it hopefully everywhere you know it completely internationally around the world um and it's like any business that can't happen without it growing and other people being involved and having responsibility and yeah um i often think of people you know like richard branson or or steve jobs you know they must get to the point where their business is you know all businesses start off as an idea and then it gets to this point where it is just so enormous you can't even know what's going on yes all the time in every country yeah. like you have to have that trust in other people yes um so yeah i'm so excited to see see the future <laughs> of know, north point <laughs> um i want to ask you what do you love most about coaching oh um good question um what do i love most um seeing the transformation people go through it, it has to be about them because coaching is about the other person and not about me, um, then seeing people have the realization that just makes that difference. Mm. And really, um, and, and it may not be a difference that they realize or they're looking for. So they come for, I need to make this decision or something quite practical. They come into the coaching session just, um, or even the course, um, kind of looking for a certain thing and then they get this internal experience. We talk about our coaching being from the inside out. Mm. Um, So what that means and kind of letting go of the need for it to be outside in. So that's kind of talking about our internal world, you know, um, what's going on on the inside and bringing it into the external world rather than um, being so impacted by everything that happens outside and then having to kind of, and trying to fit the inside to meet that, um, or saying, well, I can't change the outside. But if you change your, yourself internally, uh, then you create a bigger transformation and everything then, your actions into the world create a greater impact. And what was bothering you in the first place may not even be the real issue. So it's having them have that, aha, it's actually about this. Mm. So when you see someone growing confidence because they suddenly are more of themselves you know they become alive to who they yeah. truly are and oh, wow it's so powerful to see that that you know so it's not it's not just about the person achieving the goal at the end of the session it's about them achieving even more than they thought they were coming for and do you have any particular clients or cases in mind that that really stick in your memory as amazing transformations okay so there's there's and i I won't mention any uh any names names. yeah you know um but there was one gentleman it was actually in a company here in dubai and 
as we went into the session, actually he didn't realise what coaching was about. Um, so it took me quite a long time to help him understand what coaching was. Was he having the coaching because it was from his work? Yes. So he hadn't come to you, it was through yeah. work, okay. And so he actually kept asking me what the agenda was and I was like, there's no agenda, it's your agenda, like what do you want to achieve? And so he, was, he wasn't even in touch with what he wanted to achieve. And then eventually he, he kind of said to me, oh, I'm always angry. I'm always, um, my staff don't like me or I don't get on with my staff and I, they never do what I want. They never do their work properly. I'm always fixing things. And then he says, and then I go home and I'm angry with my kids and I'm angry with my wife and so home's not working either. And so I, we started working on this and it turned out that he never had a personal conversation with anyone in the workplace. Like, he didn't say, hello, good morning, how was your weekend? And he said, because it's work, and I didn't think it's appropriate to talk about outside life at work. And he'd kind of put these boxes of mm. work isn't personal relationships and home is personal relationships. And so his staff didn't trust him. His staff didn't like him. Um, and so he came up with some actions in, in this to just start saying hello. And he went, they're going to think I'm strange. But he kind of went with it and he started speaking to them. And at first, yes, they were a bit like, why is he saying hello to me? But he started to find out about them and he started to find out what was important to them. And as they did that, they started to work for him. Mm. And he was able to be less stressed because he was doing too much. He was able to transform his relationships so people actually liked him at work. He was able to stop being angry because he started using some coaching skills. He was able to, he then went to me, I've got it, I can coach them. I can learn coaching and I can coach. And I went, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm here. Yeah. And, and so he suddenly had this epiphany of he could transform his workplace and it, tra he didn't actually do anything at home, it just naturally transformed his life yeah, at home as well. Yeah, it had a knock-on effect yeah. to his, his home life. And then he was like, this is amazing, coaching's amazing, and, and I know what it's about, and I'm going to tell my people about it, I'm going to coach my people, I'm going to help them to um, be coaches as well. And he was probably the biggest person who kind of pushed forwards coaching yeah. in, in that business from then on. And it was beautiful to see. And at the end of our coaching series together, and we were together for a year. Wow, nice yeah. amount of time. So, yeah. so at the end of that year, he just went, thank you so much. My life is completely different as a result of this coaching. Yeah. And I was going in for workplace coaching, but it transformed, transformed all areas mm. of life. And everything is so closely linked. Yeah. So you can't just put all these things in boxes. No. Everything is connected. It, it, it can't not be holistic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. but I love that, that's amazing. And I love the agenda thing, because I think um, my husband just went for his first coaching session and in the car on the way, he's like, so what are we gonna talk about? And I said, well, look, I don't wanna give too much away because I'm not coaching you, but yeah. you talk about whatever you want to talk about, yeah. but I don't have anything to talk about. 
will they give me some uh, some topics I'm like it doesn't really work like that you yeah. just just go in and you'll see you'll soon yeah. see so i think for people that have never done it it probably is a bit kind of okay so what's the plan for this session <laughs> and that yeah and that's where setup is really important i know you love setup i know my my phrase it's going to be on my uh, on my tombstone if, if I have one. Setup is key. Yes. Um, and actually, I stole it from Joe before me um, because um, setting up coaching sessions just allows there to be certainty and safety in the relationship with your coachee. And the same on our coaching course, setting it up nicely so people know what's coming yeah. and what, and you know, aren't left in uncertainty. But you know, in a coaching session, it's is it going to be confidential? You know, yes. Um, if you're in a business, what will be shared with the, you know, in terms of the results with, mm-hmm. with their bosses and, and managers and so on? And then kind of um, how long are we going to work together and, and what is coaching yeah. about? And, and so setting up that kind of what coaching is truly about is really yeah. important. Yeah. And actually one thing I took off the course and brought into my sort of work life mm-hmm is that set up in coaching agreement because so often you're because of the nature of my work I freelance I work with different people and yes you have an agreement and yes you have a scope of work but even going further than that talking about boundaries when do I like to be contacted when don't I like to be contacted Um, and it's different for everyone it is you know some people they have little um, children maybe for them they only get you know, once they put the kids to bed, yeah. <laughs> post eight o'clock, maybe for them, that's when they do get the time yeah. to then catch up on their email. So, you know, yeah. you might be hearing from me, but don't worry, I'm not expecting a reply, but you just might hear from me. Or look, Fridays are really important to me. I don't work on a Friday. So yeah. I really took that because it's really important. It is. Not just in coaching, in anything. Yeah. And, and so here's the thing, even though it's their agenda, a coaching relationship is actually equal and you as yeah. a coach have rights as well as exactly. the other person. And we both have to respect each other's. And sometimes you need to be a bit flexible, you know. But I think that that was one of my biggest takeaways that I'm using in my kind of work life, my everyday work life. Um, Sarah, what advice would you share with someone who wants to become a professional coach? Okay. Apart from immediately signing up for a North Point coaching course. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please come and join us. Um, well, one thing is that if you want to actually use coaching in, in life, I would sign up for a, co- a course. It's important to sign up for some kind of course and to become qualified. A lot of people come to us and say, I, I think I've been coaching. Um, you know, I'm an, I feel like I'm a natural coach, but I want the credibility of having a qualification behind me. And I think that is important. But not only that, when those people come on the course, a lot of the time what they say is, I thought I was coaching, and actually now I realize that I was giving advice. Yes, that was or me. I was suggesting yeah. things. And so you may have some natural talent in coaching, but actually to have someone be able to point out to you and to know where, oh, wow, I am actually giving advice into this situation or I'm leading the conversation in a direction that is mine rather than where they need to go then actually that can be really powerful Mm. Um, so some kind of of course and would you advise making sure that it's ICF accredited 
Well, I would make sure it's accredited. There are a number of coaching bodies out there. Okay. Um, so we're accredited by the ICF, as you pointed out, the International Coach Federation, and that's probably the most well-known and the mm. and the most globally accessible. So that's why we chose the International Coach Federation. There are others. Um, the Association for Coaching is quite um, prevalent in the UK. Mm. Um, and the EMCC, which is the European Mentoring and Coaching Council, is more European. Um, so those exist and they're also good bodies. Mm. There are slight differences between them, but they have come together recently to try and kind of create a similarity. But I would say that we felt, and, and we may be right or we may not be, but we felt that the ICF had a more robust mm. structure, a more robust process. And so we went, and, and it's more well-known globally. So we went with the ICF. And um, I'm glad we did. It was a, it was a big process. And, and by the way, so when you first run a course, you can't actually get your ICF accreditation until you run at least one course. Okay. And so we did the process and we were very good at liaising with the ICF and we got our um, accreditation within a week. And Amazing. We, we were told it would like take something like you know, three or four months and it actually took um, just, just a week. And I think it's because we'd been back and forth yeah. with them, asking lots of questions, showed them some of our bits of material. And so they knew about us and, and what was happening You're on already. their radar. And so let's say you've done a course. Yes. Do you then need to do your ICF accreditation, which is further hours, isn't it? Yeah. In order to go into the market as a coach? I would say if you want to actually coach people, then yes. Um, some coaches choose not to, um, or some people who've taken coaching qualifications choose not to, but it gives you credibility in, in, the, in the field as a coach. It says to people that, oh, I'm, I'm at a certain level, I'm, I'm willing to put myself in as, as a coach. Imagine if you were a lawyer and you weren't taking the certain steps to, mm. or imagine if you're a doctor and you do, you know. Yeah. And, and so it makes, one, it helps the whole career become professional uh, as a whole. And secondly, it helps people to understand um, where you are and in the marketplace. So if you're going to go out there and market yourself as a coach, I would say definitely take those steps because it shows that you are taking your coaching seriously yeah. and to the next step. And the ICF recently just changed the process slightly, didn't they? So rather than having to keep a log of yeah. every single client, you need to submit the hours and the details, yeah. but not the actual content. Is that yeah. right? Well, yes, and I would still encourage all coaches to keep to a lot. To still do that, because yes. Because they can audit, audit you. So because of the GDPR rules nowadays, in, in uh, maybe not so much in this region, but definitely in the UK mm. and the other regions, then giving data is a big yeah. issue. So they've stopped the, the process of asking every coach to hand in their whole coaching log. But they do, they do expect you to keep that log. And then when they ask you for it, they, they hand it in. And so I would recommend that, one, all coaches keep a log for your own mm. personal knowledge yeah. as well as um, for theirs. And also to help count up the hours to know when you're ready because you have to get 100 hours for the first level of the ICF credential. And then 
um, be, and beyond that be ready to be audited. So that means asking permission for, their, um, for details to be shared with the ICF should they be asked mm. for. And, and that's something we've recently put into our coaching agreement. Yeah. So do you agree to have your details shared with the ICF or not um, for my coaching hours? Yeah, um, and it's best to do that from day one. Yeah. So that then you don't need to go back. If you are going on that ICF accreditation yeah. yes. uh, journey, yes. make sure you do it from, from day one. <laughs> because I didn't, and you know that, don't yeah. you? Yeah, <laughs> and having to go back. Yeah. yeah. So when what I first headache. started coaching, oh my goodness. And, and I'm sure I am missing hours in my coaching log from yeah. the, the early days because I had to go through my diary oh, and work out who I'd worked up. with. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and so I... I it was like, oh. so yes, I would encourage all coaches to keep a log yeah. of their coaching. And also, this isn't for the ICF, but to just spend time after every session, especially when you're in the early days of coaching and learning coaching, just going over what you've done in a coaching session and, and kind of a learning log as well. Um, because, I mean, even to this day, and, you know, I passed my course in 2008, I still spend time thinking on how I'm doing mm. and, and, and actually that's the other point is that once you're qualified as a coach then it's receiving ongoing mentoring or supervision in your coaching just in case things come up that yeah. might um, you know, be tricky for you emotionally or yeah. in the sessions or you don't know how to handle something then it's always useful to have someone you can go to and say I didn't know how to handle this situation because it's like passing your driving test, right? Yeah, yeah. So which I did it. very recently. Well, April, but yeah. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. So as you pass your driving, your driving test, you go out on the road and that's when you really start learning. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's when you go from, uh, when I passed my driving test, I was very much still, and I think everyone is, a conscious uncompetent. Yeah. And now I'm a, unconscious competent now i drive and i don't even know how i've got home yeah you can daydream and and you're like i mean oh, i'm wow, focused I'm on driving but it's yeah. like, oh i'm home i yeah. wasn't thinking yeah, okay yeah. now indicate and it wasn't yes. it just happens yes um yeah. so yeah the real learning starts when you actually go out there yeah. and and actually yeah, oh, in real life start yes. start working yeah. or driving yeah. or coaching whatever it is um, okay, we're going to do a quick fire round okay, now. Okay, go for it. I say quick. I mean, take your time. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, favorite quote. Okay, um, so I love the quote. I think it's actually come up in your series before, but I, I can't get away from it because I have listened to your podcast. Oh, and it's, thank you. And it's the um, Gandhi quote, be the change you want to see in the world. Yes. And I know it's come up before, but it is my favorite I'm quote. I'm trying to think who it was that said that. I'll have to go back and listen, yeah. but yes, we have had that one yeah. before. And am I allowed to still have it? Of course you are. Yes. It's an amazing uh, yes. quote. And, and I actually had it on my wall. You know those wall decals? I had it on my wall for years in Dubai, when I lived in Dubai. And um, so one, one of the reasons I love it so much is it, it very much speaks to that inside-out concept I was talking about. So... Um, when you know we're, we're so often focused on what's going on in the external world but if we can kind of change ourselves on the inside if we can um, work on what's within us and what we want to be then actually that will come into the external world as we act into the world which is is so beautifully portrayed in your 
sort of company tagline slogan yeah. yeah alive to ourselves awake to others yes definitely. um yeah i i love yeah. that best piece of advice you've ever been given be okay with making mistakes because you learn the most from them mm. um i'm thinking where that came from and one of, one of the things that pops into my mind is there's a company called mind valley i don't know if you've heard of them I have. Yeah, they do kind of online recording type things. I've seen things their YouTube yeah. stuff, yes. And um, I believe that inside the company itself, they have this kind of bell, and when anyone makes a mistake, they ring the bell, and they go, and they all stand up and applaud the person who made the mistake, and they have the, like, the biggest mistake of the week celebration and things like that. And I think we all see mistakes as such a terrible thing to do, a sign of failure, again, coming back to the failure mm. thing. And yet... In reality, um, we learn the greatest things. I, I know that the hardest, toughest moments of life, the things where I did things so badly, have taught me the most. And so, kind of, no, don't be afraid of making mistakes. Um, so I'm, I'm not saying kind of jump in and be foolish, but certainly don't let fear hold you back from doing mm. something because you're scared of making a mistake. Yeah, and so often if you look back, those mistakes were the start of something amazing um and i find actually the more mistakes you make the more used to it you get and the more you realize it is such an important part of growth and if you can kind of get on board with it then and use it to your advantage but it's people that aren't used to making mistakes that are quite fearful yeah and and tread very carefully yeah and then as a coach if you're working with someone and you're helping them to do something, you're guiding them through a series of questions mm. to take them, then if you believe that truly and in that person, then you don't mind if they make mistakes also. You can be forgiving and mm. empathic, empathetic, empathetic? Yeah, empathetic. Yeah, yeah, around those mistakes as well. And so it's a very coach-like way mm. to think as well. Yeah. Favorite tool or app for helping organize your life? We have a joke in our company that um, Matt is the uh, tool and app geek and um, he presents all these apps and if it gets through the Sarah test, then then it works. works. Um, So we use a number of tools in our company, um, one of them being a a Slack um, group, which we have a company-based one and we have a student-based one. Um, and actually it works very well for the company, not as well for our, mm. our community, um, so we're looking at other ways. Um, if, if it had been down to me, it probably would have been WhatsApp, calendars, and, and just kind of a bit of paper and pen and, yeah. <laughs> and so on. But Matt has a whole system set up through Microsoft Office with SharePoint and various other things. And I'm glad he has that within him because it has helped us to keep all of our content together and to keep organized. So we have an awful lot of content um, on our courses and so it's all in one place. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit app, um, shy <laughs> not, not exactly shy I, I like I, I enjoy things like what's happened and so on but I'm not the one to go out and kind of make that happen yeah, yeah. that really is Matt's has become Matt's role mm. recently but um, I think whatsapp yeah. is is a crucial one yeah well funnily you should say that but I've noticed that it's used much less in the UK than it is here 
Yeah, I actually, um, my brother lives in the States and I, he only has WhatsApp so that we can WhatsApp. He yeah. said, it's just not a thing here. Yeah. And um, I'm like, but how do you communicate then? Um, well, you get so many free text messages with phone packages. Exactly, they, like just so they just text each other. Just text each other. Um, whereas WhatsApp here is, I use WhatsApp for business yeah. and it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's just so easy and efficient right. and yeah. quick. It's, it's much better than that, than text messages, even if you get free text messages yeah. from me. Yeah, and it's almost like another email, Yeah, I find. I so, yeah. Biggest pet peeve when it comes to business? Hmm. Communication or lack of. Um, and kind of bad customer service with regards to that and and actually it's an area that we've failed in a couple of times recently and i notice it and it must be because of my customer service mm. background but when i know when people are having a bad experience and it breaks my heart a little bit to see that something's failing for something that seems so simple like yeah. communication um, but I am aware and going kind of back to the tech in some ways that we've become a very um, tech um, world you know um, and tech is inevitable now and some of the human connection gets lost as a result mm. of that and so we need to be mindful of kind of keeping both sides of the equation going and not relying too much on tech but using it in a savvy way yeah and and so when breakdowns in communication happen it it, it really irritates me when it's from the other side and um, but it also irritates me if I notice that I haven't done it as well and so kind of we had a couple of failings in our customer service recently and I, I said look, it's not that hard. We just need a, a proper process and we just need to hold in our hands that um, people are really important and you know their journey starts with us when they contact us. And if we hold that in our hearts and our hands, we can, you know, we can make it work. So yeah, so bad communication and you know, a lack of caring mm -hmm. or a seeming lack of, it may not be because of a lack of care, but it, yeah. if it, but that's how someone that can perceive it. Yeah, it, yeah. it annoys me. Communication is everything in general, though, isn't it, really? It is. And as a coach, <laughs> communication is my business. And if I can't get that right, then, yeah. yeah. Most important life lesson so far? Um, I think not to be too hard on myself. Um, one of the things we haven't mentioned is that um, in in the whole of this is that I I live in the UK I work in the UK and the UAE um, so I travel a lot I have a family I have a beautiful five-year-old daughter who I adore and you know I every time I come to the UAE I spend a week away from her and I miss her greatly but I put a lot of guilt in in that sometimes and I um, or I could do, um, and I've learned not to. I've learned that actually she is learning from this. She's learning that her mummy is someone who's in business, that what's possible for women. Is, and she said to me the other day, I said, well, do you know what mummy does? And she goes, coaching. I was like, yay. And I said, do you know what, co do you know what coaching is? And she didn't quite get it right, but she said, mummy helps people to become good coaches. And I was like, 
actually, yes. And she said, I'm going to coach when I get older. And I was like, oh. And I will allow her to take her own path. But, um, you know, it, it's lovely to see her realizing that I'm doing something important um, and that I'm not just leaving her. So when she talks to me, she says things like, oh, mummy, have you had a good course? Um, so she knows what I'm doing and, and she maybe doesn't connect fully. Um, so what was the question <laughs> again? I'm thinking how I link it back. Um, most important yeah. life lesson yeah. so far. I was so like in your story then, I almost <laughs> forgot myself. I, was, yeah. I, I just loved what you were saying. And, and yes, yeah, so it's that my family are really important, but not to feel guilty yeah. for the things that I'm doing and, and not to be hard on myself unnecessarily because you know, there, there are lessons that she's going to learn mm. and, you know, I love her dearly and would I love that she's here with me right now or that I'm with her? Yes. And what I do is also really important for me and my growth and for her to see that mm. is something that's really powerful. And for you to be happy and feel like you're doing your purpose yeah. will then make you a better mother anyway definitely yes yeah. but i think um from from all the mums i talked to from the minute your baby's born you just feel guilt there is just this mum guilt yeah. if you're not doing something that isn't just 100 percent about about your child yes and i think i've learned I think that's the thing. I've learned that actually that's not helpful. Yeah. Um, so yes, do I, I do get it wrong sometimes. Um, there's occasions where she's told me off for doing, stop doing work, mum, because I've taken an opportunity to just do another email yeah. when really I should be focusing on her. But she knows I love her. She knows that I love spending time with her and I do what I can to spend that time mm -hmm. with her. So. Um, and yes, when I first started coming, you know, when I, I mean, we set up the company not long after, um, or we set up this course anyway, not long after um, she was born. And so I went back to work because I had my own business. I went back to work very quickly. And, you know, so she's had this integrated into her life mm. from day one. And so if I was going to feel guilty about it all the time, then really that would be take up a lot of my time and energy. Yeah. So I chose not to feel guilty about it, but to, when I'm with her, be fully there. Mm. And I don't always get that right, but I do my best. And um, she knows I love her. Oh, the love you feel when you have a child mm. is just indescribable. And so, yeah. But it, it, it comes back to that tech thing as well, because sometimes, in this day and age, you just can't get away from it and you have to yeah. consciously cut it off because you're just, you can be contacted in, in various different ways all the time now. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I've had quite a few um, business owner, mums, entrepreneurs on the podcast and they've all said a similar thing. They have to just, okay, now it's time for me and my, my children mm -hmm. and I'm gonna yeah. switch off my phone or yeah. put it away or yeah. close the laptop because yeah else you will just, yeah, yeah. people so, will contact yeah, you. Yeah. I've had to make choices in my yeah. life that, but because I pick her up from school, um, sometimes I have her after school club, but not every day, because I want to spend time with my daughter. And um, 
so from 3.30 when I pick her up to, or three o'clock-ish when I go mm. to collect her, from when she goes to bed, that's her time. Yeah. And then if I need to work extra hours in the evening, I'm okay with that. So I've decided my day is split. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. So I wake up in the morning and the first thing that happens is um, I, have, I check my phone because Dubai's four hours ahead at the mm. moment. And so it's, you know, everyone's halfway through their day yeah. going, Sarah this, Sarah that, Sarah the next. <laughs> and so I, sometimes I have to say, I'm not going to look at my phone until I've come back from dropping Because once office. you look, that's it then, isn't uh, it? You're yeah, just yeah. into a barrage of messages and requests. Yeah. Um, Sarah, if you could give your 18-year-old self one piece of advice, what would it be? Don't worry, it's all going to go well or it's all going to kind of turn out. You don't know the path and that's okay. Mm. I never knew what I wanted to do with my life. I still don't know what I want to do with my <laughs> life and that's okay, I've accepted that now. I don't know exactly where it's going because I, like I said, you can't connect forwards. Um, mm. You can only connect the dots looking backwards. So um, yeah, it's okay that you don't know where you're going just kind of follow the path, take your journey and um, go with it. Yeah, I love yeah. that. You can't connect the dots going backwards. Okay. I'm definitely going to, we're going to use that as a caption on our social media for sure. Excellent. I love that. Okay, final question. What do you know for sure? People are objects of greatness. I've said it already. Um, and so everyone goes on a journey. Um, and that journey is of their own choosing. You know, you talked earlier about people needing to choose whether they take that journey or not, but people have the potential, they have the ability, they have the capacity to do that when they're ready. And so the question is, when is the time? You know, is the time now? Do you want to walk through the door? Do you mm. want to learn more about yourself and open up? Or is it, you know, do you need to wait? But people are objects of greatness and anything is possible. Sarah, thank you so much. You're I welcome. am going to put everything in the show notes. So yeah. links to all the North Point Academy social media platforms, website and contact information so that if someone wants to reach out and find out about your next course, whether Wonderful. it's Dubai, Abu Dhabi and UK, yeah. these are the three cities, yes. well, UK country, um, but places that you're running courses yes. at the moment. So if people want to reach out, they can. Um, That's wonderful. Sarah, thank, thank you. you so much. I love this so much, honestly. And um, thank you for all your wonderful insights and um, nuggets of wisdom. Thank you. Thank you so much. I've really loved <laughs> being here today. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much once again to Sarah for her openness and time. You can follow Sarah's company, North Point Academy, on Instagram at north.point.academy. You can also find further information on Sarah and North Point's up-and-coming coaching courses here and in the UK in the show notes below. The next episode of DXB Women Who Inspire Me will be the finale of this series and I'm really excited to announce that Series 2, Bumps and Babies, will be launching next month. In the meantime, keep up to date with all our news and guest announcements by following us on Instagram at LifeSchoolME. And finally, I would be so grateful if you could show some love and please rate, review and subscribe to Life School Emmy, the podcast to help us reach and hopefully inspire more listeners. Thank you for listening to Life School, conversations to inspire action.